Warning, the following audio transmission is based on theory and is intended for entertainment purposes only. It's Doomsday and its affiliates will not be held liable for anything your dumbass does. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome everybody to It's Doomsday Podcast. Today is January 29th, 2023. Time is 1800 hours. And joining me as always is Big Daddy Prep. Al, what's going on, man? How are you today? Well, a little bit wet. A little bit dreary right now. This is the dreary time of the year, so yeah. <laughs> Staying in the house a lot nowadays. Oh no, I hear you, man. That's we're dealing uh, with the same kind of nasty, wet, cold weather here in North Carolina, and I'm ready for this to be over. And I just want spring to come back, man. I want the mud to dry up. <laughs> like, uh, yep. it's so muddy. Yep. That's my biggest problem, man. Is this mud? Um, yeah, I used to hate the heat. Now I hate the cold. Right? I, I'm seriously, <laughs> seriously. Uh, anyway, guys, so the email, it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to drop us a line if you want to be a guest on the show. If you have any other things you'd like to contribute, comments, stories, anything like that, just email them to us. Once again, the email, it's doomsdaypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, guys, prep stock tickets are still on sale. Go to www.prepstock.ticketleap.com. Get your tickets, come out and meet us there. And if you want to help us get a fr- home for prep stock, go to www.freefunder.com. Go to discover and go to uh, the search bar and hit search uh, home for prep stock. And you guys can donate there and help us out with that. We've been getting a couple donations, guys. We appreciate it all. Anyway, Al, topic of tonight's show. When is it time to go? When is it time to bug out? When is it time to escape disaster? It is a, that is one of the most complex questions that a person will ever ask themselves because, be honest with you, staying where you're at is a great idea most of the time, but every once in a while, it comes a situation where you need to leave and you have to carefully analyze why you're leaving and what makes it so bad to stay? It's it's a it's a it's a major question. So let's take um, let's just take doomsday stuff off the equation, right. right? And let's talk about reasons you'd have to evacuate your your house based on everything other than a nuke falling out of the sky, right? Right. <laughs> Fire, flood, things like that that you know that can cause you to have to leave. Suddenly and unforeseenly, I mean, we have a lot of wildfires around America. We have floods right now in the same, the same places that we have wildfires usually. So, yeah, it, it happens to people. And you may have to leave for your own benefit to continue to be alive, you know. I mean, it happens. Now, so let's let's just dive into some of the things that a lot of us see depending on where you live around the country, right? One of the big right. things we see is evacuations during storm seasons. Right. 
Yep. Yep. So tornado season, hurricane season, um, you know, different times of year where it floods. Even where I live, even though we're not prone with, you know, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes and things like this, I have seen certain uh, towns have to be evacuated, certain areas due to rising uh, river waters and rising floodwaters because they're worried people are going to get trapped, roads are going to get shut down, and they're like, hey, you guys just got to go. Right. You know, and it's, it's a big deal. So, I mean, Al, you lived in Florida, so I'm sure you saw the evacuations due to the hurricanes. Right, right. The hurricane, you know, when hurricane's coming through, you have two choices. Either stay in place and ride it out, which is not always a great idea, believe me. I mean, I, I hate to leave my, my area, but... Sometimes it's best to leave, and you get a lot of warning usually with a hurricane. But with tornadoes, like here in the mid part of America where I'm at now, you don't get much warning. Maybe in a couple hours, the bad weather's brewing up. So, yeah, evacuation might be your best bet in those types of situations. Absolutely. And, guys, I mean, when you're talking about these evacuations, you know, the point of this is like when is it time to go, when is it time to leave? Hey preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Starters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. There were times in Florida when my wife and I said, oh, they're evacuating. Well, screw that. We're not leaving. And a lot of people have that mentality. And I know what the common reasons are for not leaving. One reason is it's just too much work. You know, you got to pack up the dogs and the cats and bring food and bring clothes. And a lot of people have this mentality, well, the hurricane's going to come through here. It's going to hit for an hour and it's going to be gone. I'm not packing up everything just to leave for this short period of time. It's not worth it. A lot of people have it in their head. And this is probably the best point anybody can give me as why not to leave. During evacuations, during hurricanes and things like that, criminals take high advantage of this time. So they come in, they'll break into houses, they'll loot, they'll destroy shit, they'll steal shit. Like, that's what they'll do, all right? Right, right. And they know that law enforcement isn't going to come after them. They know that there's a lot of reasons they can get away with this. If the storm knocks out the power, people's uh, security systems might not be working, their cameras might not be working. You know, if there's substantial damage done to a home, insurance is going to cover what was ever gone anyway, and no one's going to give a shit. So these guys, you know, they make out, for lack of a better terms, like a, like thieves, you know. <laughs> for sure. And then sometimes you have small groups of people that live in areas that you have a designated person that says, I'll stay behind and watch my things and watch your things and get looters out of the area. I've seen this in communities when I live down that way. It's the same way here with people with tornadoes, even though it's not as much advanced warning. But one person will stay back and try to watch the area for everybody else. So, yes, there are people that stay back. But, but folks, if you think that your life is going to be in extreme, extreme danger, you need to really think this over really hard first. So... Okay, so there comes, I agree, Al, there comes a time when you have to realize to yourself, life is more important than belongings. And guys, I was listening to, I was, Al, I was listening to you and Cody's show last night, Mm -hmm. and Cody said something in there that kind of was interesting to me. He was talking about, he was mentioning, you know, home invaders and, 
you know, when would it be, you know, necessarily necessary to, to shoot somebody? And he, there was a reference made of, you know, how do you put a value on human life over your stuff or vice versa? And then Cody brought up, he brought up a very good point in, in, his point was how much time of my life did I dedicate working to earn money for these things? Like I've put my life into what I have. So the, the reason I reference this and bring this up is I'm sure a lot of people have this mentality that, that are holding back that don't want to evacuate. Um, you know, I want to stay because this is my life. I've built everything here and I can't get it back in. It doesn't make sense for me to just pick up and go. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. His reference last night kind of, it kind of, it rattled around in my head for a little while too, because I got a little bit more understanding for how he feels about this. You know, you had to give so much of your life to buy that, whatever it is that somebody's going to take from you. You're, you're right about that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, in order to kind of apply that to this, I understand we work our asses off our whole entire lives to, you know, earn and achieve the things that we want in life. And in a blink of an eye, these things can disappear. And whenever someone comes to you and says, tornado, hurricane, flood, got to go, got to evacuate, got to go now. Right? Yep. Your mentality isn't necessarily to grab what's most important as much as it is what you covet the most. Right? And what I mean by that is... If you have a nice little file with your Go papers, and, and this is what I wanted to stress to you guys. I want you guys to build a Go folder, all right? Yep. Your Go folder is going to consist of social security cards, bank statements, birth certificates, diplomas, um, maybe any sealed records that you might need, anything that's important, death certificates of relatives or loved ones. The most important documents you have, need to be in a folder, ready to go, right? Yep. The originals, too, not copies, the originals. Right, and, I mean, it doesn't hurt to have copies, you know, maybe hidden or stashed somewhere else, but I got to tell you guys something. Hey, preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code DOOM10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code DOOM10 at checkout at readywise.com, D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Those documents are important to you. They're not important to your neighbors, but they are important to thieves. So that's why it's important you get those things out of your house if something does happen, number one, so your identities are not stolen. Number two, it's really hard to reestablish yourself with no records of identification or no records of bank statements or anything like that. And if you guys um, think to yourselves, well, you know, I'll just keep all that stuff in a safety deposit box at the bank so I don't have to worry about it. Well, last I checked, a lot of these safety deposit box rooms were not waterproof. They are susceptible to flooding and things do get damaged. Yep. It happens all the time. So... If you live in an area that's prone to flooding, if your bank's in an area that's prone to flooding, maybe that's not the best place to keep these things. You're right. And when you bring up flooding, I always think of flooding and fire in the same category in one way because they suddenly take everything. I mean, in a fire, everything that's there generally is gone. In a flood, 
most everything that the waters can get to and saturate are gone. So you have to ask yourself, how much do I want to die in a fire? How much do I want to have to live on the roof until a helicopter gets me? Now, I'm one that says I stick things out to the very bitter end. But floods and fires, folks, are unpredictable. You don't know where these things are going to go. You don't know how much damage it's going to be. You don't know if a fire is going to go around the mountain that you're on or a flood is not going to necessarily get down your road. I actually know a place where it floods on one street and the next block over, it doesn't flood. So you have to ask yourself these questions. I mean, this is major thought here. How bad does it have to get before I go? Right. And Al, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. The neighborhood I lived in in Florida, every time we got heavy, consistent rains, we got flooding on two or three streets because, and I mean, it sometimes it was way worse than others. Like it never got to our house, but it was always a few houses that ended up, you know, getting, getting hit with the water, maybe got water inside, maybe like up real high in their yards. And it was for this main reason. The center of the town had a low point and it had a drainage system in it. The drainage system would constantly clog up, right, and then flood the whole right. the whole center of that town. Uh, but no, I I understand exactly what you mean. And guys, severity here. There is something I want to talk about here. Out. This is called uh, tactical evaluation. Now, tactical evaluation is what I I think most doomsday preppers have in their minds. Like when you got to bug out, when you got to go, when you got to leave in a hurry. A tactical evacuation is when the emergency does not allow for any warnings uh, to get ready for the evacuation. So this Correct. isn't so this isn't like, you know, the news comes on. Hey, you're getting hit with a hurricane next week. You might want to start preparing for evacuation. Or the hurricane's four hours away, and the governor issues a state of emergency. It says, "Hey, you got to go." Right. Right. This is holy shit. It just happened. Freak of nature emergency, or you know. Why, something crazy, you know, to make you leave right now. And that's what we need to talk about getting people prepared for, right? Right. I, I saw a situation one time that, well, actually several times, but once I had something to do with the, the same situation where it wasn't a flood, it wasn't a fire, it wasn't a tornado, it was a gas main and a very large gas main, very close to the area that I was at had been run over by a 18-wheeler, and there was gas everywhere in the area. We were told to leave, walk out, do not drive, do not do anything, leave your home right now, walk. That's something you have no idea, unless you know where the gas mains and things like that are near your area. It doesn't just have to be a gas main, but that's a, I mean, you had no warning at all. It's like, don't start your vehicle, don't do anything to ignite anything, don't smoke, just walk. Yeah, that scared the hell out of me, and I don't get scared very often in life. But that that got me right there. You didn't know if you're going to blow yourself up or half your neighbors too. So those are situations that you have no no control over, and you don't see them coming either. Well, no, and I mean <laughs> that's like one of those freak things, right? Yep. I mean, so let's 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 get into how does one prepare for tactical evacuation. How does one prepare for getting ready to go at a moment's notice? Now, I think we should start with the hardest people and things to move first and then work our way backwards, right? Okay. So when I think of the hardest things to move, I'm thinking animals, 
small children, and the elderly, right? And those that are handicapped. And yeah, and those that are handicapped, like pretty much in that order. So let's start with the pets first, okay? Now, guys, pets are. We're, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Pets can be a bit of a pain in the ass, right? Absolutely. Depending on where you're you're evacuating to, there might not be. You might not have the option to obtain pet food. Certain pets are on medications. Different pets will get high anxiety and not act right in certain areas. Okay. Right. And Might not react well with other pets either. That's I was <laughs> I was just gonna get there, Al. Your dog might not like my dog, and now we have an even bigger problem. <laughs> yep. I spent a little time in a hurricane shelter because not hurricane, a tornado shelter with an entire small town of folks with their animals only one time because I said that's the only one time I was ever gonna do that. And yeah, it was a it was a shit show. I'm just going to put it that way. Shit show. <laughs> so what I would suggest uh, for anybody that says, hey, I plan on evacuating with my pets. Write this down. So number one is have a pet carrier for your pet. That's number yep. one. That's going to protect them from other creatures, other pets that may be there. Right. And that's also going to keep them from getting injured if something were to arise. Okay. They're probably going to have less anxiety in that carrier if they're used to being in it or in that crate, okay? And one of the benefits of this crate is you can keep a little go bag in this crate for them, right? Maybe maybe a clean blanket, maybe some clean puppy pads. Maybe you keep a week's supply worth of dog food or like a good big one-gallon Ziploc bag of dog food in there. Maybe the dog's medication, maybe an extra leash, things like this to where... Toys. Yeah. Toys to keep busy. Right. Anything this pet needs, at a moment's notice, this is ready to go. You grab it, you throw it in the, in the vehicle, and you're good to go. You have everything that the dog needs. Now, the dog might not have its favorite toy. It might not have its favorite food, et cetera, or its favorite treats. But the dog's going to be alive, and it's going to be a lot less problematic. Okay? Yep. Now... Next one on the list that I think is, is going to be pretty difficult as well is, is the children. All right. Um, De- depending on age and how many there are, it can be very simple or a huge task, depending on how many you have and the ages that they are. <laughs> exactly. So when we're talking about young infant children, they kind of just go with the flow as long as they're fed and they're clothed and they're happy and there's something to occupy them they're not going to care if they're home or if they're in a storm shelter or maybe if they're gathered together you know in the local cafeteria at the public high school because that's the that's the storm shelter for the area children are are for the most part easy as long as their needs their needs are met right 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 absolutely and and that's the big thing like everybody probably has it in their head bring snacks for the kids bring extra clothes for the kids you know things to occupy them but remember, children get bored quick. So bringing extra things, uh, you know, a couple coloring books, some crayons, colored pencils, you know, things that way when they get bored of playing with the same toy for three hours when you're hunkering down the storm. Here, look, here's a fresh coloring book I got from the Dollar Tree for a dollar for you to color on and scribble all over to keep yourself occupied for an hour. Right? Absolutely right. Their attention spans are very, very short. So you have to keep them constantly with something new to do. You know, I mean... 
They may color for 15 minutes. They might want to play with some blocks for 15 minutes. Then they might want to go back to coloring. But it's a time race. You're trying to get them occupied as long as you can until they get sleepy. If a situation goes for two, three, four hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, remember that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a race here. We're trying to get as far as we can. Exactly. And, and I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, if you have children that have to have special things to sleep, if there's a favorite pillow, if there's a favorite blanket, you're going to do yourself good by taking the extra 10 seconds it takes to grab that. Um, absolutely. <laughs> I would not, I would not negate that. I would definitely be taking that with me. Right. And also special foods and medications and things, because if a, if a child has a special need, let's say they have seizures, what well, seizure medication, or they are insulin dependent or things like that, or, well, they need breathing <coughs> treatments, or if they need an inhaler or whatever it might be, you need to make sure you snatch that up. Cause I assure you, it's not going to be where you're headed to. Oh um, yeah. The most, the biggest needs, they need to go out the door with you. That's a fact with kids. 100%. And how we were originally talking about the documents in the beginning, you know, don't forget, you need the documents for the kids too. Right. And, you know, yeah. and the dog. I mean, if, okay, so here's, here's another reality. A lot of pets are chipped nowadays. If the dog's freaked out because you guys are at the shelter and it goes taken off out the door, it'd be nice to be able to prove ownership of that dog at some point. You know, just, just saying, I mean, I, I know nowadays it's like they just, they scan them at the shelter and that registers back to your name. They know how to get a hold of you. But if you're not home, you don't have, you know, keep these documents. It's not going to hurt to keep them on you, right? No, no. You need to have them on you because, I mean, just for, just for, a, for instance, what happens if something comes along and takes your home and now you have nothing left and you have to get your children enrolled in the school? Maybe the school's gone too. You don't never know. Maybe you need to enroll your children that week in school, get paperwork for a job maybe you're out of job these very important documentations are incredibly hard to go back and reproduce so yeah take them with you absolutely yep we couldn't agree more so uh moving on let's uh let's get in you know what i hate to do this a lot of people might get upset about this but we're gonna lump the elderly and the handicap in into kind of the same category here yeah um, but but it's a need i mean just for older people and handicapped people they fit in the same category in a lot of ways because generally they're not 100% cognizant of what's going on, okay? Not talking bad about people. They usually don't exactly go where you want them to. You have to convince them to go. And, yeah, they, they act a lot alike the same ways. It's true. It is, 100%. So I'll take I'll take the heat if you don't want to. <laughs> I don't mind. So, well, one thing I'm like, you know, seriously considering and thinking in my head is, you know, when my grandfather was still around, he was elderly. One of the biggest challenges for him was just simply moving around. Steps were yep. a challenge. Ramps were a challenge, right? And even even some areas, if it was just one singular step that was six inches, that could slow him down. And I'm thinking in my head, you know, imagine trying to move somebody up a step, you know, a place that's not necessarily wheelchair friendly, wheelchair accessible, and that's where this is. And there's no ramp because there's just a couple random steps, but you got to overcome these things, right? right? And maybe just not that. Maybe you've got big, heavy doors because these are, again, these could be uh, schools or different recreation centers, things like this. So having to move people, you know, through these doors with their stuff, trying to get in before storms hit, things like that, you're going to find new challenges. Not to mention, 
you know, the idea that in that we're going to go down a little bit of a disgusting road for a second here, Al. Um, so we always see when, when people have to hunker down in these shelters, okay, the bathrooms, a lot of the times, the water quits working, the bathrooms get clogged up, and people just end up continuously shitting on the floor because yep. the bathrooms aren't working. There's nowhere else to go. So let's say you've got someone that's handicapped or someone that's, uh, you know, elderly, and they need that handicapped stall. They have to get, they, they need the bars to help get up and down. And, you know, maybe not have the best bowel movements, so they're stuck in the bathroom for 15, 20 minutes at a time, you know, sitting there waiting, you know, to do their business. Now, imagine when these bathrooms are clogged up and this person's, you know, you have to go and you have to help them stand up because you can't let them sit on the floor and shit, you know. I agree. So imagine the challenges that are going to come with this, you know. And again, this is not a a fun topic, but nobody said doomsday is going to be fun. No storms aren't fun disasters aren't fun that's why we talk about this stuff now (laughs) well you know jester i'm one of those people in these situations where i just i i get a takeover mentality if it and and don't get me wrong i feel bad for people that can't move and get around i was trying to help a little man out of the barbershop the other day and he had a hard time walking and this that and other and i was looking at him and as i was helping him get out i thought if this was a fire i would put you on my shoulder no matter how bad it pissed you off and i would take you outside you'd be mad at me but you'd still be alive and ticking i ain't got 15 minutes to get you out of this building but that was the old me kicking in sometimes you're gonna have to do things that you don't necessarily want to do but are necessary to keep people going or keep people alive and people are going to get mad at you it's okay you could be mad at me and still be alive i don't mind it's it's okay Right, that that's where I'm at, and I mean, for anybody that that's you know potentially getting offended, as Al and I are having this conversation, you could turn this off. You don't have to listen. We're doing no. this. We do this show for the people that are looking for that survival advice, that want to better themselves, that want to thrive in any kind of disaster and not be caught off guard right just just for the people that are most successful at this at getting everything done are the ones that are most cold-hearted like i try to be i'm not trying to be ugly i'm being cold-hearted because i have to get as many people out as fast as possible i can't have you blocking the door because it takes you an extra long period of time to get out while other people are dying inside no you got to come on and go just like if somebody's got to go to the bathroom and they have to go, no matter how nasty it is, we have to get done. We have to get done. We don't have to like it, but it has to happen. Right. I, I agree with you, man. So, you know, I, I just look at it like this. So let's get back. Let's get back into the handicap and, and the elderly. So, guys, you're talking number one, the, you know, the, the physical, um, I guess, restraints that you're going to have with some of these people or um, the extra physical demand you're going to have to go to. But yeah, exactly. So if you've got someone that walks with a cane, crutches, wheelchair or electric wheelchair, these are all things you're going to have to take into consideration. If your loved one is in an electric wheelchair and guess what? Powers out for a week. How long is that chair going to last? Not long. These are things to take into consideration. Um, you know, maybe I'm not saying bring a solar generator with you to recharge an electric wheelchair, but I'm saying if it's a storm and it's a disaster and you've got a regular old school wheelchair, you could throw in the back of the car as you're leaving out the door, bring it, 
so they could at least still be mobile when the power's out for God knows how long, right? And and also that that wheelchair can help you move a lot of items very quickly too. I, I used wheelchairs through the prison system to move lots of items quickly, not just to move inmates around with. So yeah, it, it's it's helpful. Oh yeah, believe me. Absolutely. So, you know, it's something else to think about, you know, the same thing with, with the elderly, the handicapped. Medical needs always seem to come at the worst possible times, especially in a disaster scenario, right? And people are more, you know, inclined to get injured, stuff like that when they're rushing, when they're hurrying around. It just happens, right? So if you have a loved one or an elderly or, or a handicapped that has, you know, medical ID bracelets, different allergies, list of these things, bring these with you. Because if they need medical attention, you want to help them and not harm them. And with the chaos that's going on, rounding up the dog and the kids and everybody else, and then, you know, grandpa's over here in the corner and he needs medical, you know, attention, you don't want him administer you don't want EMS administering a medication that's gonna kill him. So having a list of his right. known allergies and things like that, guys, needs to be in that in that tactical get the hell out now paperwork. Absolutely right, and if and if you don't have the ability to do that, we'll just say, for example, you're you're you've got somebody like that with you. Say, Grandpa, let me put this piece of duct tape on your back, or let me put this on your leg, or let me put this on your arm, and write diabetic or has COPD or something on there, so someone can see in case Grandpa gets separated from you, you know, or a child. I mean. You can slip it on somebody's back and they'll never even know it's there. It says, I have COPD or, or I have an insulin dependency or whatever. That might be the, the thing that saves their life because you may not be there to tell somebody that. Right. Or, you know, say, say that it's a situation where you've got an elderly person that has Alzheimer's and, and they continuously forget who you are or where you're at. I mean, writing a note and putting it on their back saying, you know, this grandpa belongs to Al. Well, we right. now we now know where Grandpa goes back to when he wanders off. You know, little thing. Listen, sharpies and tape go a long way, guys. <laughs> they they do. And if you think we're crazy with what we're saying, ask people that were down south during Katrina, what happened in the Superdome. Well, ask them what happened. You know, when people got lost and things like that. This was the dry run for these type of things. The ultimate dry run. Um, there were people that got separated and nobody knew who they were. And these are ideas I picked up by watching a lot of television back in those days. And yeah, these, these ideas actually worked. Hey preppers, do you want 10% off survival food? Go to www.readywise.com and use code doom10 at checkout for 10% off all your survival food needs. Again, that's code doom10 at checkout at readywise.com. D-O-O-M-10 for 10% off at readywise.com. Right, and, you know, I know a lot of people might be listening to this show right now saying, well, you know what, these guys are crazy. They're just talking about the worst extreme circumstances. Things will never get that bad. They have, and that's why we talk about them, because they have. And our goal is to make sure you have a good time in doomsday. (laughs) <laughs> not yeah. a bad time. Yeah, we we want your doomsday to be a, a well-planned one. <laughs> yeah, we want you to have the best doomsday possible. <laughs> yeah, doomsday, best doomsday ever. Yeah, no, we just want you to do well. The the more people that are that, that are more prepared that use their brain, use the old noggin up there, 
to help more people to get further along, the better off we are. You know, I don't want to see people suffer. You know, people get left behind. Nobody knows who they are. There are people that have passed away and nobody knew who they were in, in emergencies like this gesture. And they get, they actually are get buried in a, in a potter's grave because nobody knew who they were. Grandpa got away from the family. They didn't know who he was. Nobody identified him. They never found him. And, you know, those things happen. So something else to take into consideration, like as, as we're talking about this stuff, guys, is uh, the medications, obviously. I mean, you know, if, if you have a loved one or a handicapped one that's on medications, that's going to take priority over things, right? Um, there's two other subjects I'd really like to get into with this, Al, and, and I'll, let, I'll let you pick which one so we can kind of jump into them. But the, the one thing I wanted to get into was uh, – the idea of having your vehicle kind of ready to go, like other things at a moment's notice so you can get out, aside from the dog's grandpa and all that. And then the other thing I wanted to get into was uh, the idea that people have to realize that there's going to be so much going on after a disaster strikes, like you're not a priority. Your individual needs aren't a priority, and you have to know how to prepare for that as well. So which one do you think we should get into first? Well, I like the latter of the two. I mean, we've discussed getting your vehicle ready so many times that people need to understand that your needs and the fact that you take three sugars in your latte in the morning time and that you like your bath at a perfect like 78 degrees or whatever it might be, nobody's going to care during a bad situation. So folks are going to have to learn to get past themselves and get to what is best for everyone. Okay, I know it's a hard concept nowadays with you know the generations and folks' entitlements nowadays and things, but um, your personal needs, well, they're they're just not important during the emergency situation, and you're going to have to get over yourself, and a lot of people are going to have to be that way. That's just facts. So let's let's break this down in a couple different categories. Category number one, depending on circumstance, nine times out of ten. Critical infrastructure is going to come first, okay? Now, it, it depends on what that is. That could be getting gas lines back on. That could be getting water lines back online. It could be getting electric lines back online. could be getting internet back online, okay? All these critical infrastructure things. Or it could be repairing or clearing debris from roadways. Right. And that could take top priority because if you have a ton of trees down due to a hurricane, tornado, if the roadways are all screwed up, the 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 county workers aren't getting out there to repair anything, right? Absolutely. So that, I mean, and this takes priority over you getting home too, right? Yep. So if they have a road shut down and, and you're, you know, oh, I've been stuck in traffic for four hours trying to get home. Listen, go park, relax, take your time, go get a coffee if somewhere's open and just relax because... You getting home is not a priority. I don't care how bad you got to go to the bathroom. I don't care how upset the kids are. They're going to, you know, criti this critical infrastructure side to this comes first before your needs. So remember that. Yes, because they might need to get that road open so that someone that's having a heart attack, maybe somebody in your family, so that EMS or first responders can get there. You having to wait in traffic a few minutes there's nothing compared to someone dying because, well, they were clearing your road so you could get home instead of another road where somebody might have an actual emergency or a fire or whatever. 
Hey preppers, check out Blackbeard Fire Starters. Go to www.blackbeardfire.com backslash doomsday and utilize code doomsday for 10% off your entire order at blackbeardfire.com. Right, so that's that's a whole other side to this, right? Right. So let's take infrastructure out of the equation and just take emergency services and put that in there. The idea that the roads are getting opened back up and you've got electrical uh, people that were, um, you know, electrocuted and shocked due to lines being down, things like that. You've got people that might be sick because they got infection because of rising floodwaters. Maybe you've got some people so stressed out that there's a lot of people going into cardiac arrest. There's a ton of reasons for EMS to be shutting roads down or opening roads up or prioritizing what's happening because they're out there trying to save lives. Correct. I agree with you 100%. Um, I can speak from one side of this gesture when it comes to public works and things like that, whether it be the power company. Uh, we used to say the phone company. We really don't have phone companies anymore, but power, water, all that you know, gas service. We have a son that works for the power company. People, when lines go down and emergencies happen, they think they should always be first on the list to get something. Folks, sit back and relax. If you have a good plan, you'll be all right. But the more you try to rush those folks that are out there trying to restore your services, of your utilities, whatever it might be, the longer it takes them to get it done. You, by rushing them and overloading the phone call lines and things like that, you're just making it longer and harder for you to get your services turned back on. So just bear with them. I promise you they're doing their job. I promise you. Right. I, I agree. And I think one mentality a lot of people should take away from this episode is that no, none of these people are out to get anybody. Right? Nope. It's just, nope. It is just the nature of the beast in the way these things kind of roll. Right. Right. And, you know, the best we can do in this circumstance is try to get you guys prepared for if you have to deal with these circumstances. And anybody, you know, and, and, and unless you're someone that has, like, say you live in Florida and you're having to get out because of the hurricanes and you got relatives that live, like, a little bit further north, like maybe they live, like, up in Georgia or, like, out in Alabama or up in, like, the Carolinas where, like, the storm's not going to hit and you're like, fuck it. I've got an eight-hour drive, and I'm going to be out of the storm zone. I'm going to get to hang out with uh, Cousin Jimmy for the weekend. No problem, right? If you're one of those people and you're in a good spot like that, that's awesome, but not everybody is. Nope. Nope. Not everybody is. A lot of people are suffering. <laughs> right. You might not be suffering, but they're suffering. And then, you know, let's something else, like one more thing I'd like to kind of throw in here before we wrap this up is, guys, there are some other things we see during these disaster circumstances and, and two that are coming to mind that I want people to be weary of. Number one, a lot of these disasters displace wildlife. So do be a bit more cautious when, you're, when, you're, um, when you are evacuating or you are returning home. There could be a lot of deer in the roadway, different other critters are out and about because they're being displaced as well because the government doesn't come in and tell the deer they have to evacuate. They're just doing what they need to do. Right. 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 And let me say on top of that, from a man who hit a cow, I hit a cow <laughs> in a vehicle and like to died when I was younger. Jesus. And let me tell you something. It's not just wildlife. It's livestock, too, because these farmers and ranchers, when lines go down and trees go down, fences go down. 
not just electric fences, but fences get torn down and livestock get on the roads. Folks, be very, very careful. You don't know what you're going to hit. You can hit a, I hit a cow on a dark road, entry road. It happens. So be very cautious. Be very careful. Exactly. And so the other thing I, the last thing I'd want to point out before we're out of here, man, is uh, we have seen in certain disasters with flooding, we've seen graves come up. We've seen caskets float to the surface and, you know, start floating down the, the, the streets and things. So um, just word to the wise, you may see things you don't want to see and you may see things you don't want your kids to see. All right. Right. So right. the last thing I'd like to put out there is just, guys, be very mentally prepared to deal with some very horrific things in these disaster circumstances where you are evacuating and getting the hell out of Dodge. Be respectful, too. I saw a story last year where a woman actually floated to the surface and a man found the the coffin by his yard and he got a hold of some people, found out who the family was, and he actually helped the family to rebury the woman because he, you know, he wanted to do things the right way and be the right kind of person, which I commended him for. But if I could say one thing about this, these emergencies and having to leave them is don't be a pig. Understand there are a lot more people hurting than just you. Have respect for society and life, and don't try to take more than you're helping. Don't try to be obnoxious. Everybody's going through this. You're not the only one, and you're not entitled to anything more than anybody else is. Absolutely, Al. Couldn't agree with you more. Action message. At approximately 1 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, Nora is tracking 15 ICBM nuclear missiles inbound to the following cities Orlando, Miami, Pittsburgh, Dover, Newark, Richland, Philadelphia, New York City, Baltimore, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Boston, Seattle, Detroit. This is an extremely deadly situation. Stay tuned, the next emergency message will be a presidential address.